Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I am so happy to see you, Lydia Noor, and all our guests today. And it's it's going to be a great day. Uh, Lydia is so positive and bubbly and happy, and I'm, I'm just so happy to meet her and happy to bring her here to you. Lydia, would you like to introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about you and your story? Absolutely. Thank you so much. Aloha. So beautiful to uh, be sharing a little piece of your beautiful island today. Yeah. So I have a long history in the health and wellness sector. I worked for 25 years as a registered dietitian and I had a really interesting career, which culminated with working in media. So I got to spend a lot of time working on the stage, not so much live stage, but TV, radio, print, you know, sharing messaging around health and wellness and uh, well-being. And I loved it. I loved it for two reasons. I loved it because, you know, I'm a big believer of healthy living. And I felt it was important to share that, share what I, I could in terms of my knowledge with other people. And I really love engaging and I love engaging in a live way. So it really touched upon a lot of things that I liked um, using my voice. And you know, over time, though, I started feeling there's something a little bit missing for me in terms of the messaging. It's not feeling quite as authentic as I want it to feel. You know, I think there's a more important message that I'm meant to be sharing. And so I was married uh, for 20 years to a wonderful man named Mike. And, you know, we had a good relationship. And I was able to say, you know, these are the things I'm sort of noodling with in my head. I'm struggling a little bit. You know, it's not you. It's not the life we've created because that's all amazing. I know I have choices. I feel a bit guilty even owning the fact that I'm struggling a little bit. And he'd say, you know what? He had two things he'd always say to me. Just do what makes you happy. Whatever that feels like, just do what makes you happy. I don't care if it's you're working three jobs and balancing a family or you're working no job. I don't care. Just do what makes you happy. So I'm like, okay, well, thank you. I mean, gave me permission to explore. And the other thing he'd say, which was even more powerful, is he would say, you know, don't spend so much time figuring out what that thing is. Just try and be more present, be mm. more present, be more in the moment. And I'm like, okay. And I, and I appreciated that. And I envied that because he was really, really good at being present. But now I'm watching him in his own career and he's taking off, you know, he's the president of a young company and he's building the business, building the team, traveling a ton. So he's, you know, all over the map, North America, China is where their core business is. And over time, I'm watching the toll that the travel's taking on him. I'm seeing him age literally, you know, in front of my eyes. And we had this check-in point. We'd always say, are you okay? You know, are you good? Are you happy with where things are at? And which is why I felt free to be able to have that conversation I'd had with him, right? And he's like, yeah, I'm doing good. But he said, it's a, it's a grind. But, you know, it's probably the next year and a half to two years of this kind of pace, and then it'll settle in. So one day I, um, I'm dropping him off at the airport for a five day whirlwind trip to China. And I'm, I'm feeling kind of heavy in my heart because he's got multiple cities that he's visiting over this five day span. And I say this to him as I'm dropping him off. I said, I'm worried. I really don't like the fact that you have to be keeping, you know, this type of pace. He said, you know, it was a Sunday afternoon. He said, I'll see you on Friday. It's okay. And three days later, I got a phone call at three o'clock in the morning with word of his passing. So overnight I was widowed without warning 
And, you know, as I mentioned to you, I saw signs of what the job, what the lifestyle was doing to him in terms of aging him. I was witness to his, you know, very happy in the moment spirit, sort of waning a little bit, becoming a little bit more melancholy, a little quieter over time. And I could sense a shift. And so when I got this news, of course, it was absolutely devastating, but not altogether surprising. And I remember because it was three o'clock in the morning thinking, well, this is my pragmatic side, you know, thinking I'm not going to wake anybody up right now. I just need to sit with this and digest it and just sit with it really. And so I crawled over to his side of the bed and I wrapped myself up in his covers and I, I could just feel this connection to him. And all of a sudden this overarching, and I mean overarching sense of gratitude and love came over me. And I was just flooded with memories of what we had built together as a couple, as a family, you know, the conversations that we had shared, those emotional poignant moments of all that we were to each other. And I felt so grateful. And in that moment, I realized, okay, hang on here. Just a few short months ago, you were having this conversation with him about feeling unsettled. Something's missing from within for you. And all of a sudden I'm overcome. My cup is running over. And I realized that there's something bigger at work in my life here. And I really believe that his passing was meant to be my spiritual awakening. Mm. And recognizing that, you know, obviously you're, you're dealing with the grief and the devastation and the shock and the planning and everything that goes along with, with the grief. But really very, very soon in, I knew that I would be okay. I knew that I would have a multitude of people supporting me in the early days. And I knew that at some point, everybody's lives go on and you've got to carry on now in this new life that you have as a sole parent and as a, a, a widow. But I knew that I'd be okay. And I knew that it was because I was connecting to something bigger than myself. And so my process moving forward, and you know, your, your podcast is about grief and happiness. And I really feel it's important to share just this light that I felt within me. You know, there was a lot of dark, heavy times, but I was always, I'd, I'd had a taste of what, what spirit and, and energy and something bigger than me felt like. And it was just that, that beacon that I kept reaching for in my days moving forward. And so I'd read about, you know, connecting to your departed ones and looking for those signs that they are still in your life. And, you know, I've listened to some of your other podcasts and I love, you know, the butterflies and the red balloons and, you know, and I love, you know, finding humor, which we had so much laughter and humor in our home. And that's, that was a really important thing to keep alive in our house. And to this day, it's been nine years and my girls have a running list of things that their dad used to say because he had all these quirky sayings that we, nobody knows where they came from, but they have this list called things Papa used to say. And we pull them out. And even now, like nine years later, like new ones will come up. They'll say, oh yeah, do you remember that one? And like, and they'll, they'll message each other and say, is it on the list? You know. So, you know, we keep those, those silly little fun things alive. And it's just, it's a great way to, to honor and also just to smile and laugh, you know, because when, when people lose someone, I think they feel this need to stay stuck in this heaviness. It's not okay to smile. It's not okay to feel okay. It's not okay to laugh, but it is so okay. And, you know, we always hear it said, what would your loved one want you to do? How would they want you to move forward in sadness and heaviness, feeling weighed down? No, of course not. And so I remember getting up at his funeral and speaking, Emily, and I said those very words. I said, when you think of Mike, what do you do? And I remember seeing somebody in, you know, in the church saying, you, they smiled. I said, that's right. You smile because every moment with him was a light one, a funny one, a humorous one. So, you know, I went on to say some things and share memories. And then I finished off by saying, so when you think of Mike, think of him with humor 
and think of him with light and with a smile on your heart because that's who he was when he was in your presence. So just do it, honor him that way. So I, I think, you know, finding that that light for myself and chasing those opportunities to both connect and then also just get quiet and still and pay attention to what was coming to me in those really quiet moments, something really profound happened for me. And this was really my true aha happiness moment. And it was one day when I was sitting just quietly in nature, you know, you, you're every day you've been through this. So, you know, you're, you're, you're caught between going back and thinking about what was, and you're also feeling angst about what's to come, the unknown. And I remember one day sitting quietly in nature and, you know, just watching the water and getting lost in it. I was in a very meditative state. And all of a sudden I realized, oh my gosh, I'm completely at peace. And I wasn't stressing, you know, over what's yet to come that I don't know. And I wasn't sitting in the past dwelling in it. I was completely peaceful. And I said to myself, oh my goodness, that has been the missing piece all along, my inner peace. Mm. And for me, inner peace is, is a direct equation to happiness. I equate happiness and inner peace as, as the same. You know, everybody's got different, you've got joy and you've got excitement and you have different variations of happiness, but true happiness for me comes in the form of inner peace. And right then and there, I realized that's what he meant when he said, just be present. When you're sitting in presence and you're not doing anything else, you're peaceful. You're completely peaceful. And so I took that notion then of nourishing your inner well-being and bringing practices into your life that nurture your soul so that you can find that place of peacefulness and happiness and so that you can live in a way that feels really whole to you. I took that message to the stage, you know, so I just broadened that message that I spoke on before, which was about physical well-being and nourishment of the body. And now my message really centers more around nourishment of body, mind, and specifically soul. Wow. That, what a beautiful story. <laughs> I absolutely Thank love you. this. I did really triggered a lot of emotion here for me. What a great way to live. I know that, that yeah. My husband, Ron, really taught me about focusing on the moment because I, I wasn't there before I met him. And by yeah. being with him, I recognized the value of it and the beauty of it and the, the joy of it. And as hard as the things were that we went through with, with him physically, with things that were going on with him, we could always still smile at each other. We always could still uh, have that soul-to-soul connection that I still got, you know, he, he died four and a half years ago. And I, I still feel that. Oh, yeah. Because it's so important. Once once you get that, once you understand the value of being present and the value mm-hmm. of paying attention, I think so many people go through the world on autopilot that they don't get that. And yeah. it's it's a matter of, to me, it was waking up. When you can do that, it's like, oh, I can, I can exhale, you know, I can breathe, I can smile. Yes, exactly. And I think you're right. We do go through life on autopilot and and you do it. I do it. We all fall back into, we're human, right? We Mm -hmm. all fall back into those, those things. And so when I, when I go out and speak to people, it's, and, and try to make it create a relatable moment because not everybody's gone through grief. Not everybody understands that part of the journey, but people do understand feeling stuck or not being able to move forward or not feeling like they're living a life that feels authentic to themselves. 
And so, you know, I try and equate it to something that that feels more tangible and relatable that they can grab hold of. And so the way that I, I show people um, the best way of stepping into really living authentically, and my program is called Discovering Y-O-U, Your Own Uniqueness, it's about aligning with the things you value, like really, really grabbing hold of what you value. And so I'm going to I'm gonna use the example just to, as a reference point. You know, I mentioned that I've always had a background and an interest in health and well-being. And I still do, but now my definition of that is much broader. It, enco- it encapsulates nurturing your soul as well. So that the well-being of your mind and your emotional states and your, your spiritual well-being. I mentioned that I like to connect with people. That was why that, you know, working from a stage was such a sweet spot for me. But now I've also developed, established a connection through my experiences with something I can't see. And so I really work on nurturing that relationship as well. Um, so it's really understanding the things that light you up, that make you feel whole inside and healthy and happy, because the more you can integrate those things into your life, you know, the better you show up for yourself first and foremost, and then for everyone around you. So it's really about, it's, you know, the message ultimately is still about promoting health and well-being, but there are so many different ways that we can do that for ourselves. And a lot of ways that people just don't even think about. And sometimes it does take a really pivotal life moment for you to just wake up, as you say, and realize, oh my goodness, this is what was missing in my life. So I believe everything happens for a reason. I know a lot of people don't like hearing that. Um, I do. And I do believe what happened in my particular case was very divinely timed. I know that because I just had that conversation not long before about really struggling with my inner happiness. And then I had to go through this experience for me to be able to wake up that quickly and see, feel gratitude and see, you know, something bigger at work in my life. That was all very divinely timed, I think. It, it sounds like it. I, I love your yeah. perspective on this. One of the things that I see with people is that they feel self-conscious about focusing on themselves and they think it's somehow selfish. And yep. that's so far off the mark, but it's it's kind of, I think the way a lot of us have been brought up that, that we're not number one, you know, and that yeah. you got to think everybody else first. And it's wonderful to think other people, but if, if you can't take care of you, if you can't find the beauty and joy in your life, you can't experience the whole thing. That's right. And you can't show up really well for anybody else unless you're showing up well for yourself. So the, I think the thing that I learned through this experience and finding that, that inner peace piece was, you know, it just, I, I paid attention to what my energy felt like, you know, the inner energy and, and, you know, as well as I know, and I think a lot of people, if, if walked through it effectively would understand what we're saying here too when, you know, you know, what draws on your energy in a positive or what, what, what brings positive energy and, and good karma, good, good vibes, good juju into your life. And you know, what sucks the energy out of your life. And so you really, if you can learn to navigate, you can't always control situations that, mm-hmm. you know, don't maybe deplete your energy a little bit, but you can set boundaries for yourself and you can learn to say, okay, I'm going to limit the amount of exposure. I, I put myself in front of these things that really deplete my energy. Or if it is not within your control, let's say it's in the workplace or something, then you need to, again, establish those things, align with those things you value that you, that, that can replete that energy and really help you, you know, sort of re-energize your soul. So it's a work in progress. It's not a forever, it's not one of those things where you just arrive and you're there, but the more it's like any habit, right? The more you integrate these things into your life, you know, they just become a part of your being. And yes, I've had that very conversation, Emily, with people about, you know, so how may I understand here? So it's all about you first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I said, it's all about nurturing my well-being first. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it is about self-preservation. Yes. So I guess if it, by your definition, that means it's all about you first. Yes. Right. But it's not about ego at all. It's about just nurturing every facet of my well-being the same way someone else pays attention to, you know, their fitness and everything they put in their mouth to take care of their physical well-being. Well, I'm just, I'm just taking a bigger, you know, more of a holistic approach to my well-being. Yeah. It's, it's like that thing that we've all heard about putting the oxygen mask on you first, because if, if you yes. don't do that, you can't do anything else. You can't take care of anybody. You, you can't experience any more joy or, or do anything positive that you'd really like to do if you don't take care of yourself. So it, self-care is just, just vital. And it, if you recognize that something is, is sucking energy away from you, then don't put yourself in that position, you know? Right on, right on. And here's the thing. I think, you know, what when people get a taste of what either what it feels like or just to be around people who are positive, who put the work into themselves and who really do um, emanate good energy, good vibes. People want that. People want more of that, right? And they're not trying to suck it out of you, but they, they realize that I want some of that too. How do you get there? So that's what I try and empower, inspire other people to do is to really find those things that nurture their own personal well-being so that they can show up really well for themselves and for everybody else. And, and pay attention. I think paying attention is is just so important because so many times we're just, things just float on by. I I remember one day I had a job that I thought was my lifetime career that I'd be doing forever. And I loved what I was doing, but the working environment was toxic. And I got, got to work and was sitting in my car and looking in where I was needing to go. And I said, you know, I just don't want to be here. And I was really, really surprised because I loved what I was doing. I loved the job, but there was too much negativeness around everything that had to do with it. And I was kind of amazed at myself that I was able to just resign from that position and do something else. And for me, that opened up a whole world of opportunity that I never thought of because I thought I was going to do what I was doing forever. But once I opened that door, all this beauty and positivity just flowed in. And I've had amazing experiences since then that I just love. And I'm so grateful that I paid attention because it's it's so easy. You were paying attention to your energy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes I think when we get a little bit stuck or, you know, we get in our heads, I guess Mm -hmm. is the best way to put it. We really get in our heads a lot and we can feel like we're on a hamster wheel because we're just weighing, you know, everything against everything. And there's so much information coming at us. And the other thing I like to say to people is stop and just, just ask yourself, how do I feel? How does this make me feel? Mm-hmm. What is the situation? How is it making me feel versus forget what's in your head? Let that go. How do you feel? If it feels good? Yes. If it even feels, and if it, it's not always just a, a black or white, yes or no. Sometimes it's an, I don't know, or sometimes it's just something that's unsettled to my point earlier about something, I'm missing something, right? I knew I was missing something. All of the ducks were in a row in terms of the career opportunities and the marriage and the family and everything we'd created was all good, but something was missing, right? And so you just know that's, that's, that's your most inner knowingness talking to you and mm-hmm. saying, pay attention. Yeah. It's, it's so, it, it, if I could get that message across to people and they'd actually try it, it, it it's life-changing. It, it truly is. It is. 
And it, but it's not a, it's not a, okay, what do I need to do? And let me go out and try that. And I'm going to mm-hmm. figure it out tomorrow. No. You know, uh-huh. um, it, it's like anything. It just, you know, well, you have to be patient with it too. And you got to really, we are so good at shutting our own or our own thoughts and not even thoughts. Thoughts are sometimes a good thing to shut down, but we're really good at shutting down our feelings and our, our nuances and our intuitions. And those are the things that are really the truest part of ourselves. You know, those are the truth tellers. So it's my wish. It's my greatest wish for everybody in the world to be able to really tap into who they are and live from that place of authenticity. Because when you live there, you're just, you're lit up, you know, and you're, you're flowing, you know, life flows for you and not everything, you know, goes your way, but you know how to just let stuff slide off your back and, and carry on, you know, and you have a real sense of what's, what, what's important, what you value and what to sweat and what not to sweat. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that throughout my life that one of the things that I do is I'll, I'll be in a situation and I'll, I'll be experiencing it and I'll think, I could do that. You know? <laughs> and I end up opening that door and going on to do that. One of the examples was when I was pregnant, I went to childbirth education classes and I thought, this is so cool. I'd never heard of all this stuff before. And I just thought it was wonderful. And I thought I could do that. And I actually became a childbirth education instructor. That was never on my list. You know, (laughs) I'd never considered anything like that before, but I was paying attention to what I was experiencing and it felt so good. And I saw the benefit that it was giving to everybody that was there in the, the same situation that I was. And I thought, oh, I would love to help people feel that way too. And I've done that with several things throughout my life. And I, I just, I'm so glad that I paid attention because I was, I was raised in a time in, an, in a very small community where you got married very young. Uh, women didn't necessarily work and the husband would stay in the same career their entire life. There was no, no changing. This was what you did. And you found a house and you lived there your whole life and that's what you did. And so I kind of kind of thought that that was what was my past because I didn't have exposure to any other past. And I know when I, I got married the first time, my dad said to me the night before the, the actual wedding, you've made your bed, now you have to lie in it. And I thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> what a thing to say. And I thought, he was, he was trying to warn me, but he needed to warn me back when I was thinking about getting engaged, not then, you know? And so, because my dad said that, I thought I had to follow my dad's instructions. And and I did for quite a while. And it, it took me 15 years to wake up, but I did. And I finally, at that point, had the strength to realize that I could do what I wanted to do with my life, what I needed to do, what was best for my children, what was best for the world. Because having, uh, unhappy, hurting people around isn't isn't the best for anybody else as well as for you. Yeah, and just by recognizing that I can make my own choices, I can be happy. There's no reason not to be happy, whatever your circumstances are. Both of my husbands who who died. Both of them were happy, you know, <laughs> through going through that whole process. And I, I can't say that it wasn't uncomfortable or painful and there weren't sad times through that, but basically they were happy. They could still laugh. We could still have great conversations. And so it doesn't, yes. doesn't really matter what you're up against. You, you can find the joy in it. And that makes yes, all the difference absolutely. for you and ripples off to anybody around you. 
Do you know, I remember having a conversation with my, my mother-in-law and this is like actually when we were in Maui oh. <laughs> and I said to her, you know, cause she'd had some challenges in her life, you know, and it wasn't all simple. And I said to her, you know, I envy you, your happiness. I said, you always just have this sunny disposition. You're always happy, which is obviously where her son, you know, my husband got his happiness from. Um, and I remember she just turned to me. She said, it's just easier that way. Life is just easier when you're happy. And I said, but that's not a natural state of being for a lot of people. So, you know, my point about, you know, envying that, and it does take work, but you know, you can get there. You can create your life and make choices that bring you that happiness and that inner peace and that homeostasis. So you feel balanced and you feel aligned with who you really are. And it really does just make things easier. It really does. And I have seen so many people, especially earlier in grief, who just don't see how, how they're is any happiness left in the world? Like the, the happiness got sucked out when they experienced their loss. I think, you know what, Emily? Yeah, if we could also look at, I mean, it's easier said than done. You've been through it multiple mm-hmm. times. I've been through it. Death is a natural part of life. It's mm-hmm. a hard part of life, but it's meant to teach us a lot of things. You know, it's meant to teach us to enjoy the present moment, as my husband yes. said, you know, to enjoy the here and now because it's, it's imminent. You know, we're all going to face it at some time point. So when people don't, want to talk about it or, or address it. It's a given. I just had a conversation with a colleague today whose mother recently passed. And she said she felt so blessed and grateful to be a part of that end of life experience. But also, you know, what she felt really fortunate about was that all through her mother's life, you know, when there was a death experience, her mother would talk about, this is what I want when it's my time. This is how I want. This is what I do. Don't. They talked about it a lot so that the kids had a sense of what that end of life experience should be for their mom. And, you know, I think that's really important. It's both honoring the mother and it's giving the the people who are making those decisions peace of mind in the decisions they make too. It doesn't mean the missing of the person is any less, but it's a natural part of life. It's something that should be discussed and, and in some ways embraced. And if I can just share something that I, it was so profound in my journey, um, really a highlight. And it's something that, that I hold close to my heart. It was after my husband passed and I had a dream and I always say, pay attention to your dreams, especially when they're really, when they're, they're so clear, the message and there aren't any missing gaps. I really believe it is, is your departed one visiting with you. And in this particular dream, he visited me. I was, I was living in my mother's home though. I was still living in my parents' home, but you know, obviously in the dream, I, he had passed already. So it was all very real to what had happened. And he came to the front door and he walked in and he, scooped me up, Emily, and spun me around several times and put me on the ground. There wasn't a word, like his face was straight. There was no expression on his face, but his eyes were so intense. And when I looked in his eyes, they showed me a love so pure, so magnificent beyond anything you could ever experience in this human life. And I think what he wanted me to see is that he is okay and that this is what the love is like where he is now. And I woke up feeling so grateful for the experience of being with him in that really intimate way, so much more intimate than anything you would ever experience in, in human life. And, and for being gifted the experience of what pure, pure love looks and feels like. And so, you know, it, it's when I think about that dream, I don't fear death. I know what's, what's ahead. And I feel so blessed that he shared that with me. Oh, wow. That is, it's beautiful. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that with us. It's, it's yeah, so, you so know, special. there's moments. There's always oh, moments. Sure. We're human, right? But there's so much beauty. And I think if we can just 
And the other thing I learned is if you can find silver linings and they are everywhere, as you say, look for the signs. Mm-hmm. If you can find the silver lining in the journey and see your own personal learning and growth through all of your challenging life experiences, you know, you're living from a more expansive place. You're living with an open heart and you are emitting that energy and that joy that the world really needs more of. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Well, what a beautiful, beautiful conversation we've had. I know that this oh, is going to uplift the listeners. You, you can't help but I smile so. with yeah. this, this kind of uh, talk going on. It's it's just so, it makes me feel good all over. I'm sure it'll make everybody else feel good too, that all the, the joy and love and beauty and potential there is in life and that, that you don't have to stay in a sad spot. You might get to a sad spot, but you don't have to stay there. That's right. Yeah. Give yourself permission to be happy again. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and with, you know, time is this beautiful healer, of course, you know, and I know, but you know, with the passing of time too, you know, really grab hold of those happy moments, you know, those, those humorous moments, those things about your departed that were those highlights that made you laugh, even if they're cynical, you know, even if it's something like there's that person sticking it to me, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) whatever it is. Like give yourself permission to laugh. You know, laughter is is amazing. You know, laughter is the best medicine. There's no question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's fabulous. So I encourage all our listeners to go out there and laugh <laughs> and smile yeah. and recognize your, your happy moments and all the things that you do have that you can be happy about and spread and share that happiness. And the, the more love and positivity that we can have in the world, the, the better it's going to be for everybody. It, it seems like there's so much negativity right now, and you can do a lot to to diminish that if, if we each focus on that. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So thank you, Lydia, very, very much. I'm, I'm so happy that you were here with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. You are a beautiful soul. It was lovely. Oh, thank, thank you. you. <laughs> okay, and I'll see all my listeners next week, and I hope you all reach out and offer Lydia some love because she's she's pretty marvelous. So thank you very much and aloha. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.